Amen. Somebody right off down through here. You ought to give him a shout of praise. You ought to holler out your thanksgiving. The Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, the sixth chapter. Beginning at the first verse, it's a very familiar story. But I pray that the familiarity that you have with the story won't rob you of the rhema word that God wants to speak to somebody in this place. John 6, the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter. Beginning at the first verse. When you got it, say, I got it. If you don't have it, say, hold up. All right, we'll wait. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John is the fourth one in the New Testament. It's on page 736 in my Bible, if that helps you at all. If not, I put it up on the screens for you. John 6, beginning at the first verse, says this. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill, there's several of them around the Sea of Galilee, and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, now, if you don't know Philip, you got to check out who Philip is in the first chapter of John. Uh, Philip is an interesting character because um, he, uh, he, he believes, but he got challenges sometimes. So Jesus specifically, out of the 12, he specifically turns to the dude who sometimes has challenges believing. And he asks a rhetorical but a very real question. He asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Ain't no Walmart around. Bakery's closed. What we gonna do, Philip? Verse 6 says, he was testing Philip. For he already knew what he was gonna do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, Jesus, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Well, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? I want to talk about for a few moments our little means and his big miracles. See, big miracles often start with little things. Uh, sometimes all he needs from us is a little faith. Sometimes big miracles can happen with somebody who has just a little hope. Sometimes it takes just a little bit of determination for God to do big things. 
Sometimes big miracles happen for those who take a little step out of the boat. Too many times, we who call ourselves people of faith, um, we get used to the power of God to the point that we think we, we, we accomplish things because God helps us, but it's really us. Right? Like, like, like you prayed for the promotion You got the promotion, now you're doing the job, but now you get frustrated by the job because it seems like the job is putting too much on you and you forgot who gave you the job. You get so busy being used to being used by God that you forget that you're being used by God. And too many times as we get busy doing these things that before seemed impossible or locked down or locked away from us, we, start, we stop operating by faith and start operating by sight. Anybody ever come in and Monday morning and you sit down on the stuff and you look at the stuff on your desk or at your cubicle and you think, now how in the world? What did I get myself into? How am I going to get all of this done? Am I the only one who cares that all of this needs to happen? When you, when you look at this, this particular passage, you know, it's, it's the feeding of the 5,000. We know the story pretty good. And I mean, even unbelievers kind of know the story of the five fishes, five loaves and the two little fishes, right? Uh, but, but if you look at this... Uh, John tells the story of what happened from his eyewitness account very specifically. He adds in details that the others didn't add in in their Gospels. For instance, he adds the fact that Jesus specifically turns to Philip and asks him, where are we going to get bread to feed all these people? Now just imagine if they went to all of the bakeries and whatever the little nearby villages were and bought out all of the bread and gave everybody a little piece off of it, there were literally 5,000 males, adult males. That doesn't count the women, doesn't count the children, doesn't count the little kids that just want to gnaw on stuff. There's some people who think that that crowd was somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty to 30,000 people. Can you imagine walking around with loaves of bread and trying to make sure everybody got just a little taste. Jesus says, where are we going to get bread to feed all of these people? And he specifically asks Philip. And Philip's challenge was, he only saw the size of the problem. Philip, like many of us, we see what we see, and we respond to Jesus with what we see. Now, think about this. When Philip first meets Jesus, he brings him, brings Jesus to meet his friend Nathaniel. And in that conversation with Nathaniel that Philip saw, Jesus revealed things to Nathaniel that he could not have known. The only way he could have known it is by some kind of divine revelation. So Jesus has already proved to Philip, I know stuff that you don't know. 
So then, Philip never stops to ask the question, why would Jesus ask me a question? It's not like he needs information. Are you following what I'm saying? Philip already knows Jesus knows stuff that I don't know. So why would Jesus ask me a question as if he doesn't know? That never dawned on Philip. Because all he started doing was counting noses. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nineteen. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Oh, gee, this this is a lot of people. He saw the size of the problem. Look at that in in, in verse 5, 6, and 7. Jesus sees this, this huge crowd. He turns to Philip. Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip. Jesus wanted Philip to see what he saw, but to see not what he saw. What, Pastor, what you talking about? He wanted Philip to see what he saw with his eyes, but he wanted to see, he wanted Philip to see with his eyes, but see what Jesus saw with his faith. He was testing Philip to show him how big the problem was. The only way to understand how to deal with the bigness of the problem was to not look at the problem. He specifically said, the the message Bible says it like this, that he said this to stretch Philip's faith. Because he already knew what he was going to do. Just a little side note, I'm just going to throw this one off here for free. But what if God would tell us $2 million for a rock center just to test us? Because he already knows what he's going to do. Okay. Jesus already knows how he's going to work this out. He already knows he's going to bring the rock center to pass. He's testing our sightedness. I, he knows we can see when we put on our corrective glasses. But can we see beyond what our eyes see? Because apparently, as Jesus specifically asks Philip the question, he's testing Philip to see, can you look past the right now and see my ability in spite of what you see as the size of the problem? And somebody, God, God's been challenging you because he's been throwing big stuff in your way. Seemingly insurmountable obstacles, numbers and obstacles and challenges and problems that seem too big for you. And you've, watch this, you've been asking God, God, why can't you move this? And he's saying, what are we going to do? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Philip, Philip, what are we going to do? I'm only the God of heaven. I'm only the king of kings. What do you think we're going to do? Just like, why would God let you see what you're seeing as insurmountable if he was trying to make you feel defeated? Maybe he's out to stretch some things about how you see. Hmm. I'm going to keep moving. Philip sees the size of the problem. But then in verse 8, we see Andrew. Andrew, Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's brother. He's the one who actually introduced Peter 
to Jesus' ministry. Andrew speaks up because he finds this young boy who has a little lunch that his mama packed him, some little fish sandwiches. He was going to take when he went to go hear Jesus talk. So he finds this little boy with this little little lunch. But then um, Andrew, he sees this little bit that the boy has in light of Jesus' question, what are we going to do or where can we find enough bread? He finds bread, but it's only five loaves. But Andrew, he sees the little bit, but then he um, editorializes about how the little bit couldn't possibly be enough. Look what he says in verse 9. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? You, did you see that? No, you didn't see it. Look, look again. Look, there's, there's two different sentences in verse 9 in the New Living Translation. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two little fish. That is the answer to Jesus' question. But then Andrew puts himself back in the equation and says, my evaluation of these little five loaves and these two little fishes, it can't possibly be enough. Jesus says, where are we going to find enough? He says, I found something. But in Andrew's mind, what I have is not going to be enough for the size of the problem. He, he answers Jesus by faith, but then he goes back to his analysis. And it's almost as I, I can see Jesus, you know, just kind of laughing inside himself. Right? Because I'm sure he's saying, if only somebody was able to see Jesus clearly, they could have a clear solution to the problem. If only somebody could quit looking at the crime rate. If somebody could only quit looking at how many babies are having babies. If somebody could only look, quit looking at just the domestic violence problems, but see Jesus in the midst of how big the problem is. Watch this. The problem, they missed it. The problem was coming to Jesus. Most problems try to run from Jesus. But here the problem was coming to Jesus, but rather than being excited about the fact that the problem was coming to Jesus, they, ca- they kept looking at the problem and stopped looking at Jesus. Because watch this, too often we declare what can't happen because of how big the challenges are. This marriage ain't never going to get better. They said cancer. They, they, don't have a, they don't have a fix for my, what I have. The, the way they acting on this job, they, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. We declare what can't happen because we see how big the problem is. Instead of remembering the size of our God. So God brought somebody today to church to ask you which one are you looking at because the more you look at the problem the more you stay stressed the more you you have they, these anxiety headaches the the more the grouchier you get you get with the people that are around you that you actually love the more watch this the more you look at the problem the more fake you become 
because you try to put on a, a false front as if you can handle it. And you stop operating in authenticity. Because you're looking at the wrong thing. Jesus is standing there in the midst of a crowd of 20,000, 30,000 people coming to him. But all they can see is how many people instead of seeing Jesus who's right there. But here's what here's what blows my mind is that God has this unique way to allow us to participate in bringing our own miracles to pass. Watch this. He could just do the miracle. But then I would try to just rely on miracles in my life instead of the God who gives miracles. So what he does is he allows us to put in on the making of the miracle. He runs the risk that we think that we had something to do with the miracle coming to pass. But he, he believes that somewhere in that process, if he lets us participate, then we will recognize our lack in, the, in relationship to his capability. And we'll notice that that gap was filled only by God. Jesus says, where are we going to get enough bread? Hey, Phil, what you think? How are we going to fix this? I don't know how we're going to fix it, Jesus. There's a whole bunch of people. Andrew says, well, there's, there's a little dude here who's got a lunch. I, I don't know how it's going to work, but it's, it's, it's just a little bit. Let me give you some kingdom mathematics. A little bit plus Jesus equals enough for a miracle. Instead of looking at how little it is that you have, look at the Jesus who's in it with you. And if you can take your little bit and you can add your belief in Jesus at the same time, now you've created the atmosphere for miracles which are literally God moving in time, things that could not happen in space. Uh-oh, did I say that too fast? Miracles are when God interrupts time to do in space what cannot be done in space. See, some of y'all don't believe me. Okay, let, let me quote some famous song philosophers. New Edition told us a little bit of love is all it takes. A little bit of love goes a long, long way. If I have a little bit, and if I have Jesus... There now exists the environment for miracles to happen. And, and here's what I love. God never dismisses our little bit. Jesus didn't look at the little boy and his little fish sandwiches and be like, oh, y'all y'all always messing up. I can't do nothing with that. He, he didn't say, well, y'all need to go find five, six more people with some lunches. He didn't dismiss the little bit. He, watch this, whatever he blesses us to have, it is enough for him to figure out, because he's God, how to take the little bit and stretch it and bless it and use it beyond and past our capacity to think that it can be done. I, I know I'm not teaching nothing new. I'm just here to remind somebody. 
But notice what happens. It may not have been enough, but the little boy gave it to Jesus. It was just a little bit with 20,000 people. It was enough his mama gave him to feed him. Now, if this little boy was about the age as my son, them two fish sandwiches was not even going to be enough. I don't know what happened, but this boy now, I need, I need some road preaching and a side job just to make sure that this boy can get fed. It's, and he, you know, he ain't even got to the place where I know it's going to get bad. This little boy, all he had was five little loaves, little, little round little loaves of unleavened bread and some fish. But he brought it to Jesus. Are you, God doesn't dismiss our little bit, but are you dismissing your little bit? Because it's not enough to you, are, are you sitting on what Jesus gave you? Rather than bringing it to Jesus. He, you may not have a whole lot of patience, but he gave you a little bit. You may not be the smartest person in the company, but you got a little bit of sense. Your marriage may not be the best, but y'all ain't the worst couple in the world. Bring Jesus the little bit that you got and trust that he can do more with your little bit rather than deciding because it's not enough, it can't get done. Watch this. If, If you think through it philosophically, the boy gave Jesus not only what he had, but he also gave Jesus what he didn't have. He didn't have enough. But he did give what he did have. It, it, it's kind of like that father. Remember the story of the, of the father who brought his, his son to Jesus? And, and Jesus said, now I can heal him if you believe. And the man said, I believe a little bit. But uh, I'm going to need your help to help me believe what I can't believe. The father brought him his little bit of faith, but he also brought his distrust. He also brought his incredulity. He also brought what he thought could not happen. He brought both of them to Jesus. If you and I would quit trying to sit around and try to figure God out and bring him both what we have and what we don't have and say, Jesus, this is all I got, but I'm giving it to you because I know if I try to keep it, it's going to stay a little bit. But if I bring you my little bit and I bring you my strength, and I bring you my fear and I bring you my worry and I bring you my anxiety and I bring you my disbelief I'm letting you have both of them and when you get both of them in your hands when we release to Jesus watch this what we think is intended for us because that was that boy's lunch wait all these other people my mama packed this for me If I give you my lunch, then that means I ain't going to have no lunch. I'm I'm one of them dudes in high school, you know, people, dudes used to eat their lunch like this with a a knife in one hand and a spoon in the other hand because dudes were always trying to reach into your plate and to take what was yours. So dudes was trying to stab each other to keep people out of their plate over lunch. Who you trying to stab? Because you're afraid they're going to take your little bit. When you could take that same little bit to Jesus. When we release to Jesus what we think is for us. 
and what we think we need, it allows Jesus to multiply it in ways we never would have thought possible if we had kept it. Watch this. I'm, I'm done. I promise you I'm done. The Lord wants us to cooperate with him. That we do what we can and bring him what little we have. And we operate in faith in that. Now Jesus can operate in what only he can do. And we cooperate at the same time. And when I do my part in bringing him what little bit I have, and Jesus does what nobody can do but Jesus, now we're working together to make miracles happen. And that's really the essence of the 2020 vision. It's us cooperating to make miracles happen. And so rather than looking at my little bit and trying to stab others who are trying to take it, bring that little bit and the stuff I'm worried will happen if I give my little bit I give them both to Jesus now it 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 unties Jesus's hands to bring into time what cannot happen in space You haven't seen God's miracle working power yet like you really could. Because, listen, the, the, the American nightmare is all about getting all that you can, canning all you get so you can sit on your can. That's, that's what they tell us. The kingdom is the opposite. Bring me what little bit I gave you, what I let you find. Bring me what you're worried can't happen. Let's cooperate. Now I'll let you see miracles happen that won't make sense. It's a simple message, but it's powerful because somebody has been struggling with needing to see God's power. And you won't see it as long as you try to hold on to what you think you need. God works in those spaces where we decide to give up. The stronger you are, or you try to pretend to be, the more in control you think you can be, when there's really no such thing as control, the harder life gets. The more you say, Lord, this is all I got. But you can have it. But now if I give it to you, I'm worried about this, 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 and this too. I'm bringing you both of them. God says, finally. I didn't ask you the question because I wanted to answer. I wanted to test you. Can you take your eyes off of what you think is impossible and keep them on me? Now watch me work. And if the story of this little boy and his little lunch means anything, it means a little bit in the hands of Jesus goes a long, long, long way.
So take your hands off. Bring it to Jesus. We pray over problems. Lord, here is my problem. Lord, I don't know how to fix it. Lord, I'm bringing it to you. Lord Jesus, do something with my problem. But we won't let go of it. If I don't give it to him, how's he going to fix what I brought to him? The bumper sticker really is true. You got to let go and let God. I need everybody standing on their feet. I'm done. Is there some folks that said to the Lord this week, Lord, I only got a little bit of something left before I go off on these people. And they drove you crazier because you kept trying to hold on to that little bit. You think you need it. He wants your heart. He didn't want that little boy's lunch. He wanted Philip and Andrew and that little boy to trust Jesus. So I need everybody in this place. I need you to bow your head and I need you to close your eyes. I need you to get in your mind the little bit that you think you got left. And the struggle you've been having trying to keep your little bit. Now, Lord, I pray for us in the name of Jesus that we would bring you our little strength, our little bit of faith, a little bit of belief, our little bit of skill, our little bit of hope. And at the same time, we bring to you our unbelief, our distrust, our damage, our drama, our worry, our anxiety, our concerns. We bring you those crazy nightmares we've been having. We bring you our migraines and our stomach problems. And we ask you, as we let go of these things and place them in your hands, help us in our unbelief to trust your miracle working power. Rain down strength. Rain down wisdom. Grant peace that doesn't even make sense to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Help us to quit fussing with you over what we're trying to control. And let you do miracles in our lives. Lord, it may seem like a little bit to us, but you're a big old God. Forgive us for looking at the size of the problem instead of looking at the bigness of our Jesus. Father, right now, we trust you to do the impossible in space. 
because you have invaded in our time. Open up the windows of heaven. Grant peace and strength and might in the inner us. Break down the walls of our fakeness. Help us to trust you completely and implicitly because you're our Jesus. You're our Savior. Now, God, I look forward to the praise reports. I look forward to watching the miracles happen. I thank you for the praise reports that already come, jobs and doors that have been opened and the strength that you've been giving with physical issues. Lord, you are a capable, amazing, miracle-working, way-making God. Now take our little bit and do the impossible. In Jesus' name, amen.